0: believe it is the podcast spare time for the month of November
1: no like truly no it's disturbing it seems
0: completely unbelievable
1: yeah and we keep saying this every time but unfortunately we aren't going to stop it seems
0: no the the months just keep zooming by the years keep coming and they don't stop coming as they say as they say I've heard it somewhere before mm-hmm
1: This Um, is the podcast. (laughs) Go ahead. I hope that that comes up exactly lined up as it did in my ears on this (laughs) Zoom recording. This is the podcast Spare Time. My friend Elisa and I speak about how we spend our spare
0: time and how we think you should spend yours for the most part. You know, it's a celebration of time that is not tied to anything. Most notably, not tied to work.
1: Yeah, it's really, unfortunately for truly like all of our coworkers and bosses who listen to this podcast, it's a little bit of an anti-work podcast, but just because we believe that your spare time should be important and sacred and worthy of as much conversation as your professional time.
0: Totally. I'm actually going to challenge you. I don't think it's an anti-work podcast because Mm -hmm. I think that if we didn't have work, then spare time would not be what it is. You know what I what mean? What a great point. It's the time point. in between the obligation and that is what yes. makes it sweet. Yes. And I think that it doesn't get enough play, but you know what? I was thinking about this. Q1 is truly a moment for spare time. That's oh when God. we, you know, like embrace it as much as possible. We are, well, as I would a say you're like in the thick
1: of it, of spare time right now, because many people, myself included are about to have the biggest break of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, If you work in a nonprofit or if you work for a school or if you work for a place that has a winter break, or if you're a student, you are about to have the time of your year to have spare time. And it's interesting because it's not like PTO. Like usually when you take a big chunk of time off from your job, you're doing something that, like, maybe. is spare time, but it's also not... It's like, planned time. Yeah, it's busy. Um, And, obviously, a busy vacation is fun. But I think, like, for me, I have almost two weeks. Actually, maybe even more than two weeks. Of wow. Of closed office time coming up. And I have absolutely nothing planned.
0: I can't wait to talk about that. What a gift. Seriously. And, honestly, even if you have a job... Like me, where you will be attending um in the last two weeks of the year. That week between Christmas and New Year's is not real. No for one anyone. Is really doing anything. Everyone's just like, hee hee, here I am. Everyone's really me. embracing spare time mm-hmm. during the work it's hours. Unique. And then unique January
1: is when everybody's like, Oh my gosh, I should do the thing I've been meaning to do. And often that is something that pertains to spare time. And we are excited about that.
0: Yeah. To bring it back. Like we're just saying, just do that year round. That's what we're talking about here. Don't let it,
1: don't let it languish after January team. We'll talk about that more in January. Don't worry.
0: Yeah. Don't worry. Um, before we get into it, I'm really excited for our podcast next month. I mean, this one's going to be fantastic, obviously as well, but we're going to be doing, um, our best of recaps. We're, we're just, we're each going to have a hot ass take about the best of, many many categories including the best food that we ate this year the best Mm -hmm. album that was released this year that's right it's essentially going to be an award show um hosted by you know us here at spare time the two people you've always dreamed of hosting an award show in your ears we've got opinions and you're going to hear about them um next month in addition to our regular monthly content so get ready for that you know wait like buckle up it's probably gonna be four hours long we honestly should probably record it before the year is done because people will need to listen to it in that last week of the year when there's nothing to do
1: your spare time will be exclusively spent listening to our 16 hour
0: year end episode
1: honestly you could be so lucky
0: seriously um (laughs) how did you spend november okay this is so
1: boring because we have said it for the past six months, but I truly cannot believe when I opened up this document and I set my little cursor behind this question, I said, sorry, I actually do not comprehend the question because I cannot believe November is over. It's like it's astonishing to me. Um, but I was home for the longest time that I've been home, I think all year in November so good. I gone
0: for like 36 hours. <gasps> um, Oh, my God. And they were with me. Some of them. Oh my God, I know. Those hours. I'm, it's really
1: exciting. It was really nice. It was really nice. So I feel like I did a lot of home stuff. Like I oh. I think so we're approaching one year. Actually, sorry. I guess for the purposes of this podcast, we're approaching one year. But we moved into this house December 1st of 2021.
0: Oh, so my God. I, I literally know. feel like you just moved in. Correct. So annoying. But that it's is so the feeling. so crazy
1: and i feel like now that we have like i spent as many of you know the first quarter of 2021 like manic uh spending all of my time on facebook marketplace oh yeah decorating this home um and then i could not think for another moment about the interior and i think like for the, in the past month we have really spent a lot of time like doing some of the projects that we wanted to do like making the home a little more like us making it a little more livable, doing a lot of like tidying, cleaning, reorganizing, which is so mm. boring and domestic, but it is so satisfying to do that stuff. Beyond. um, Another really big thing that I have done this month, which I probably should not record. Um, <laughs> so I'm actually going to like take the brand names out of it. Um, my company that I work for used to, Inhabit a co-working space.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now we inhabit a different co-working space.
0: Okay. Um,
1: the previous co-working space that we inhabited was closing forever. Our building, and they basically were like, "Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Everything's going in the garbage." And we were like, mm, "That seems bad." So I did <laughs> a lot of um, what I'm calling foster to adopt programming.
0: Oh, um, wow. That's mostly so important
1: for plants, but also for some inanimate objects that also deserve love and not to be in a landfill. So my home is a jungle now because I have <gasps> 65 more plants than I used to have.
0: Unbelievable. I can't wait to really see that joyful.
1: Oh, my God. It's so fun. Um, And that took up a lot of my spare time. (laughs) (laughs) Hannah was like, Marie spends 80% of her time moving plants from one place to another and then like standing with her hands on her hips, looking at them and then moving them back, which is true.
0: It's Um, called making a house a home, but it's called
1: making a house a home. So that was a big part of it. But honestly, like a lot of it was just like being here in D.C. And I love it here. There's something so good good about that. I know. And we spent some fun, silly, silly spare time together. Yeah, we sure did. Um, we to talk about it. I can't wait.
0: Yep, I have it right here. I feel like I was not in D.C. that much in the month of November. Um, I spent a lot of my time traveling up and down the East Coast. I went to New She's York City Eastern three Seaboard times. Queen. I went oh to gosh. Philadelphia. Um, but it was great. Like, I feel like I... I don't know. It's been nice. And every time I'm going to those places, I'm seeing a lot of people that I really love and like post um, 2020, just being just even being like, I'm having dinner with my friend in person that hits different, you know, it's so special. It's so it's nice. So special. And it's just like, I don't know, it's I said the same thing in October, but it's like truly been giving me life. Um, we were in New York City for um, I was there for literally six hours but um (laughs) for an unreasonably short amount of time but i came from philadelphia so it was it was closer um our friend friend of the pod i don't know if she is a current listener um she ran the fucking new york city marathon and it was so fun to watch someone you love so much do that thing god can you i mean we've talked about
1: this ad nauseum offline but like It is crazy to me that she did that and it was so special to have that little moment with her on the, on the course. We'll have it
0: literally forever. We were stationed at mile, I believe 22. Um, Uh and by the time that we saw her, it was dark outside because it was on daylight savings day, which is truly (laughs) like dark, um, literally figuratively, emotionally, mentally, et cetera. But, um, Mm We had a great time. We had a great little road trip. Um, Something that we've been doing together, Marie, is we've spent our spare time doing some blind tastings. That's right. We're still trying to figure out, you know, how to actually get those tastings into content that can be posted on the Internet because that is that is hard. And we're going to talk about it a Mm -hmm. lot more this Mm -hmm. episode. I think
1: Um, we made one parentheses, O-N-E, close parentheses, real. We're going to make more. I think it's the we right filmed format, three more, but boy, we are n- not good at doing it. It's
0: hard. They're it fun. turns out
1: to be an influencer. I tip it's my hat to them. I tip my hat to them. These girlies are churning out like two
0: reels a day. Are they okay? They're not Marie. And we're going to talk about they
1: it. At all. <laughs> They're they not okay. Broken.
0: It's not normal. What what's happening here on the internet, but we are we're we're having a little fun and we did have actually a lot of fun we blind tasted croissants um which you can see there's one one the first part of the reel is live yes, a lot of people of are two. curious to know where the croissants are from and all will be revealed once we you know can make our second reel which yes for again, for people that are 30 plus soon. takes um months
1: <laughs> right i'm like i have arthritis in my thumbs be patient with me
0: be patient Um, my last and final, how I spent my spare time is really exciting. Um, I have gotten excited about cooking again. This was laying dormant in me for, I want to say 10 months of the year. Like this is the first month where I've been like, oh my God, there's like a million things that I want to make. I'm saving everything. I'm like cooking all week. I'm feeling rejuvenated in a way that I haven't felt, um, honestly, maybe since, may 2020 when i had like a food business and i I was churning out so much food so that's feeling really good i feel like i'm you know coming back to myself in a way and that is fun i do want to give a shout out um smitten kitchen we talk about her on this pod all the time her new book um spit kitchen what's it called smitten kitchen stays every day keepers (laughs) and Kitchen Keepers. Smitten Kitchen Every Day is a different book that she has. Oh, okay. That's it's fantastic. You gave Smitten... it to me for
1: Christmas two years
0: ago. Oh, my God. It's so good. But so I was like, do I need another Smitten Kitchen book? I was like, no. She has an amazing Well, we blog. talked about it. I was like, it's all for free on the internet. We don't need it. But now we both have it. Here's the thing I got it for a friend, and then I was like, kind of reading it lightly. And I was like, wait, I want to make every single thing in this book. Hell yeah. And so I got it and I've made a lot of things from the book. Fantastic. Um, Also the new Claire Saffits. What's for dessert came out pretty good
1: for Christmas. I hope.
0: Yeah. Pretty, pretty good. Um, So those two have been giving me some inspo and then um, Melissa Clark, the one about cooking everything in one thing, one pot dinners or whatever, something like that. Um, I wouldn't buy the book personally. There's a lot of meat recipes in it, but I took at least Forty
1: pictures. So I've I also been cooking out of that. Melissa Clark.
0: I don't think that we actually
1: at least I don't speak about her enough on this podcast. I really love her.
0: She's you know, a like, lot of
1: people really do. She's got good recipes. I love her book, Dinner. It's a good yeah. book. She she's, does cook a lot of chicken for you.
0: She's she's a meat. Big chicken girl. Meat girl. And that's fine. Um Much but her recipes it. are consistent and they're reliable. And so, anyways, yeah. I'm just feeling I'm feeling excited in a way I haven't felt in a really long time, and that is fun for me.
1: I'm so happy for you. I know you've been like weaving in and
0: out of a cooking right, so that's huge, yeah, so that's where I'm at yeah good um, well speaking you of tell me oh yeah, go ahead, go can ahead, Marie.
1: please tell me
0: what your best thing of november twenty twenty two was yeah, I texted you about this. Um, without actually giving you any of the details, I texted mm-hmm. you because what is remarkable about this is that it happened on November, 30th, famously yes. the last day of November. And in the in my first bite, I knew that it was going to be my very, mm-hmm. very, very best of the month. Honestly, okay. a contender for best of the year. It was. <gasps> oh my god! Unbelievable. I was in Brooklyn. I went to Miss Ada's with my friend Joe, who I love so so much. And Miss Ada's has been recommended to me by at least 45 people. I feel it's like really good. Yeah. And like all the people in my life that really love food, talk about it a lot. So I was like going in being like, this is going to be good, or at least it should be because if not, it sounds like I need to question my friend's New judgment. <laughs> um, it was fantastic. Like everything that we got was honestly really, really good. What meal this was-, was this dinner? Okay, great. Did you go for dinner? I went when for brunch. Went- oh, brunch! Brunch. Yeah, I went for dinner. We got so many things. Um, I mean, they were all really, really good. But this was far and away the standout. So it was a whipped ricotta with brown butter, honey, and sage. Whipped 100 ricotta 100 words. is a yes to me. Like I love, <laughs> I love ricotta in all forms. But like the texture of whipping it, it kind of so takes good. on this like, I mean. I hope that this doesn't sound gross, but it, it almost takes on the texture of like yogurt meets a very, very light frosting. <laughs> I don't know I how to describe know it. Exactly what you mean. It's like super smooth and like creamy and rich, but it's light, which is why I say the which frosting is the dream. Which is the dream. It's the dream. It's so good. But then it comes in this little bowl, and drizzled on top is this like super, super nutty brown butter and honey, and fresh sage, and like flaky sea salt, and I want to say a little pepper, and it like took me to another planet.
1: It was so good. That sounds perfect. I want it. Did you have it when you went? I don't think so. I think you would remember. I think I would remember, too, because I love a whipped ricotta, or a ripped feta.
0: Oh, it's so good. Did you get the whipped ricotta when you went to the red hen? No. Mm, It's pretty good. The truffle's a lot. I don't I think I've had it before. I had it with you. Or no, mm-hmm. they
1: gifted it to us when we were there with Sophie. Yes. And yes, yes, yes. I I just can't with the truffle.
0: I don't do truffle and that's I just, just can't never going to change.
1: Never going to change. I want to try. I, you know I tried, but it doesn't work.
0: I know, same. Um I also tried to make this over the weekend, you know, mm. inspo. It um go? the whipped ricotta was excellent and by the way if Mm. you simply put ricotta in a food processor and whip it for three minutes it will become this which is really wonderful you have to do literally Mm. nothing but my my ratios were wrong I think I honestly I think I didn't do enough butter and the honey Mm. that I used was a little too strong it wasn't right it wasn't right it wasn't what you'll get at Mercedes
1: okay well I'll have to go back
0: yep um what was yours it looks really interesting it's specific so (laughs)
1: Uh, Hannah and I celebrate our anniversary in the month of November mm-hmm. um, and we have been talking about doing like an omakase style Japanese meal for a long time which is like a basically like a tasting menu um, and so we went to this place called Nasime, which is in Alexandria question mark okay somewhere in northern Virginia and it was really good. It was so interesting. It's like a six-person restaurant. It looks like a ca- small cafeteria. It's what? just like <laughs> it's bizarre. Um, but it's a um, a six-course plus dessert menu. Um, I did the sake tasting or sake pairing, which is unlike me. But I think maybe I'm a sake girl now.
0: Whoa. Um,
1: And everything was so good. And it was just like really interesting food that I would not ever make and have not really ever ate before. Mm -hmm. So we had this the first course, like a chestnut soup type situation. It was quite
0: good. I don't know what a chestnut tastes like. A chestnut. Is it a nut? Yeah, uh, it's a nut, it's a big nut.
1: So I know what, what it looks had, like. It almost takes on, like, a meaty texture. Like, I think these okay. were probably, like, roasted. Um, so it's Chestnut's very roasted savory. on an open fire. That's right. It was definitely okay. roasted on an open fire, and Jack Frost was nipping at someone's nose. Um, but it was very, like, meaty, but also delicate, earthy, nutty, a little sweet. And it was creamy. There was wow. A of a of cream it's a little it. bit of everything. Delish. Um, then there was a Wagyu short rib with truffle, which as we just I did not love, but it was good. I mean, it was good. I just don't love truffle as we talked about. Then there was a giant sashimi plate, which was crazy. Um, then there was an octopus dish and then there was this, uh, lamb chop foie gras situation that had a little morsel of eggplant in it. Whoa. And that little morsel of eggplant was my best of the month.
0: (gasps) What was it about it?
1: You know how when you cook an eggplant perfectly, it's just like so custardy on the inside and the outside has like just the right amount of bite to it. Like it doesn't give right away, but it's like, it's like snaps almost. And it's like
0: pretty impossible to do that.
1: It is so hard to do that. Like as somebody who cooks a lot of eggplant, especially in like an Asian style, like a cool out of Chinese style eggplant and like having it be like molten and creamy on the inside and like snappy on the outside, impossible. And it was just like the eggplantiest eggplant. In the best possible way like it was just like mm. all of the seasoning brought out the very best in the eggplant and when i tell you it was like a one inch by one inch piece that like Hannah and i split in half
0: oh my god
1: and we were both like this is the best bite of food we've had all year
0: and you're like how do i it get more of that so
1: <laughs> eggplants are magical they're so crazy especially i think i mean obviously eggplants like you see in eggplant parm or like italian cooking are also like they have that capacity and they could be really custardy but i feel like a chinese or like i guess i don't know what japanese eggplants are like but like a skinny little eggplant Mm -hmm. it just has so much potential for like a textural magic moment to happen
0: you know it's so interesting because when i think of eggplant i think of like generally bad texture like i feel like like i've had way more bad eggplant than good totally it can be so gross so gross i'm like so medium on eggplant for that reason
1: the worst thing is when you like take a bite of eggplant and it's like stringy on the inside and the outside like the the skin like just a huge piece comes with you when you're like
0: it's stuck in my teeth now right that's and
1: i think that that is more often than not
0: what happens yeah, I like kind of steer away from eggplant because I just find it to be so generally bad. Um, you didn't ask, but the best eggplant I ever had was at a now closed restaurant in New York, but it's Eden Grinch fan who like, I love mm. everything she posts on Instagram, but I messaged her once being like, how do you make this eggplant? And all that she does is like cut it and then salt it, which draws out the moisture mm-hmm. and then um, coat it in cornstarch and like pan fry it. And it's yeah. so it's like so um crispy, crispy, crunchy on the outside. And mm-hmm. then kind of that custardy thing in the middle.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's really the like that's the what I'm going for when I make this like one kind of like Chinese eggplant dish. And I feel like salting it and letting it sit in a colander for like 30 to 45 minutes. Essential.
0: Essential. Don't
1: rush it. Don't rush it.
0: Well, Marie, I'm so happy for you Thank that you, you. had half an inch of eggplant.
1: That was phenom. You know, that's real, right? <laughs> of like course. You one tiny bite and it's like, holy shit, I'm changed.
0: But then it also makes you wonder, like, if you had three more bites, like, would you feel the same? You know? Probably not. Well, we'll keep we'll keep about thinking scarcity. about that one. Yeah. <laughs> something that I worst? have to know. Oh, uh, I have to know it from you. You go.
1: Okay. I teased this to Elisa a few days ago. I've been waiting right at the end of the month. Um, And I cannot express to you how bad this was. Like, (laughs) it was the worst. I think this is the worst service experience I can ever remember having as an adult.
0: That's like really something. It's
1: damning. Um, so actually, and I realize now that this was actually on like in the very beginning of December, but I don't care. Can't wait a whole month to speak about this. I don't care either. It's so bad that it colored the entire month of November. So I went to a place in DC that's called crazy aunt Helen's new ish restaurant mixed reviews. I've heard some really bad stuff about crazy aunt Helen's
0: from people or from the internet from people from Goldie friend of the pod. And you said, I'm going to go.
1: Well, here's the situation. <laughs> we had a couple. We had a friend in town and Hannah. It's Hannah's friend. So she was in charge of making the reservation. And because she doesn't listen, I'll say she does not make reservations far enough in advance for D.C. Which is fair because D.C. people are crazy about reservations. We've honestly
0: spoken about it on this. It's very, before. very
1: fucking annoying. If you have listened to the podcast, you know, everybody's too type A. They make reservations really far in advance. And it's impossible to have a spontaneous experience and when I say spontaneous I mean planning a dinner two days in advance which is famously not spontaneous but I was like oh what if we are going through our like I have a map she and I both have this is something that I stole from her which I think is actually like a great way to live any place that I want to go in the entire world, I add on my Google maps to a want to go list, mm-hmm. which is built in. So like, if you look, scroll around on Google maps, you can see all the little green pins dropped you can see everywhere, everywhere that you want to go. So I have that on my little DC map. I'm we're scrolling around and I was like, Oh, she's like, I was like, what about here? No reservations. What about here? No reservations. What about here? Like 10 times. And so finally, I was like, what about Crazy Aunt Helen's? And she was like, oh, they actually have a reservation. And I said, fuck it, let's try it. The menu looks great. It sounds fun. Like, love the concept, queer-owned, whatever. I will say, the food was totally fine for the most part. There was (laughs) one really good thing, which is the Korean-style cauliflower. It was crazy. Mm. It was so, so good. Fried cauliflower, like basically given the like sesame like orange chicken treatment oh um, fun but the cauliflower inside was like basically like molten and the oh. outside was so crunchy i don't know how they did it it was respect crazy. it was very very good and it wasn't even something that i was going to order somebody else at the table ordered it and it was the best thing on the menu by a lot but let me like walk you through what happened at the restaurant so I'm dying because
0: I'm still like "Mm, sounds sounds like I might still go there
1: so we sit down firstly I called we had a 7 30 reservation I called and said hey I'm so sorry we're like running a little behind like is there any way we could push our reservation to eight and the guy's like "Mm, I don't know like we have a lot of eight o'clock reservations and I'm like "Fuck, fuck, fuck." he's like let me talk to my manager he like puts me on hold He's talking to his manager in the background, whatever. It's a whole thing. The manager is like, totally let them come. We arrive at eight. The restaurant is empty.
0: I was going to say, it's got to be. It's empty.
1: We're like, okay,
0: cool. I didn't say anything
1: at this point. (laughs) It wasn't like, hey, it's empty. I was trying so hard to have a good attitude. The waiter comes. He's like, not that nice. Finally, I like get to him. He gets to me for my drink. And I'm like, what do you think? between like this cocktail and this cocktail. And he's like, I'm actually not a drinker. Full stop. And I was like, Oh, okay. And he was like, so I don't really know. And I was like, you don't know at all. Like what people order, like what people like, like, it sounds like it like like. might be your job, but okay. Correct. And so I was like, okay, fine. Like I'll do whatever. I ordered my cocktail. The cocktails were excellent actually. Right. Um, and it's really cute. Like all the plates are mismatched and the cocktail glasses are like vintage coupe glasses that are all mismatched. Uh, one big red flag we walked in and I recognized from the doorway what I knew to be coming from upstairs an all female acapella group singing Christmas carols.
0: Oh, no. I said,
1: What the hell? We're walking to our tables. I hear the all female acapella group streaming through the speakers downstairs in the dining room
0: oh no i was
1: like this cannot this cannot be so we sit down everybody applauds upstairs and then regular music starts playing so we were spared the female acapella is this part of the restaurant it was upstairs i guess i don't really know what was going on upstairs but it's like interior staircase to the restaurant so i think yes and they did start singing again as we were leaving so it was truly like a gift from god that we were not um forced to listen to acapella Christmas songs while we dined definitely um, but it was still the worst of the month even with that so I'm I'm not that happy with the waiter he comes back he takes our orders um the t- timing is already sort of weird like he ordered he we order our drinks he comes back we order these apps I was just kind of like the pacing feels like it's gonna be a little off but like nothing's wrong I ask him for a recommendation he won't give me one mm-hmm annoying whatever i like impulse order something fine what'd you order i ordered a cat fried catfish sandwich Mm. it was fine okay Okay. so our entrees hit the table they're totally fine nothing's wrong we're having a good time the waiter comes back he calls over my shoulder are you guys thinking about dessert and we were like oh yeah we probably want dessert and he was like okay Uh, let me get some menus for you. And we had already seen the dessert because it was on the regular menu. So somebody was like, oh, we actually already know what we want. We want this pear, um, shortbread pear dessert and we want a chocolate cake. He was like, okay. And I like sort of jokingly call after him, like, but like, take your time because like, we're still eating.
0: Oh, you still had your food.
1: Our entrees are fully on the table, like three out of, I was the only person who wasn't still eating, fully eating our entrees. (laughs) Um, and so I call after him like to the table, not think- like thinking that that wasn't going to be necessary. Oh, sorry. I forgot to say that the server brought the wrong food to the table first. Mm, um, mm-hmm. And then one of our people had to wait for like almost 10 minutes for her dinner. Um, two minutes after she got her dinner, he takes our dessert order. And I'm like, haha, he better not bring it.
0: Like he does. three minutes
1: later, he brings the dessert the dessert hits and the the server comes and he's like here's your dessert and i was like can you like could we wait a few minutes like we're still eating and he puts the dessert on the table and leaves and so we have all of our entrees on the table half finished and two like ice cream based desserts that are, now that are melting, melting. mhm and so everyone is like uh what the fuck it's so weird we're looking over at our waiter he's like making brunch baskets for the next morning like putting all the sauces in oh my he's goodness. cleaning up the entire restaurant he's like clearing tables whatever it's like are you guys 8:00? alone and, no there are other people in the re- like there are two tables that just sat down next to us it's like 8 30 the restaurant doesn't close until 10 and he's like fully closing it So we're like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, this is insane. And I was like, this has never, I've never seen anything like this. Like our table is, it's also a small table. So our table is packed with dishes. We start like moving our dishes, entree dishes off onto another table. And then like five minutes later, he brings the check and he's like, no rush. What? I said, oh, no rush. He's like, "Mm mm-hmm. Was he being like sassy? Uh, yes, he was not being nice. I was like, dude, what is your fucking problem? You're dropping the check when the desserts are uneaten and all of our entree dishes are still on the table.
0: We Super have like weird. 15
1: dishes on the table. It was like the weirdest vibe in the world. Like I cannot express to you like how bizarre it was. And I was like this ruined an otherwise like perfectly acceptable dining like experience. totally normal
0: you're like maybe would have never thought about it again but now right. like i was think like about this it dinner in a different way totally
1: fine and it was like so everyone was like we were like l- hysterically laughing because it was so weird
0: oh my god nothing like uncomfortable bonding
1: right like hannah was like i'm eating catfish and chocolate cake at the same time
0: something's not right about that
1: <laughs> it's not right about that
0: so um would I not recommend.
1: Like I do not recommend it. I cannot say enough. Like if you felt like that was weird, it was a hundred times weirder <laughs> in the moment. Like I wonder was, what was going on with that guy that day. He wanted to leave so badly. And I'm like, I don't. And he seemed to be the only waiter, which is like fine. Cause there were literally two tables that were with people on them. But I was like, what's the deal? Like, yeah you definitely don't get to leave for another like two hours. Like why are you aggressively hustling everyone out of this restaurant? I've never, experienced it's such a bad feeling like this bad pacing, I think is maybe the worst thing that can happen in a restaurant.
0: I know now that I work at a restaurant, it's like really interesting to kind of observe and you work at a restaurant that has excellent pacing. You know what? They really pride themselves on it. So thank you for saying that. But like, It's it's something that they actively discuss like every single day in the shift meeting. So it shows I guess it
1: really shows and it's like they're paying attention to the vibe of the people who are eating and like they're Mm -hmm. not going to drop something when it's not time.
0: I'm sorry that happened to you. It was so
1: crazy. Like I cannot, I really like can't
0: convey how weird it was. I can certainly imagine. Crazy on Hounds is one of those places that like, it's funny what you were saying about the reservations because I feel like it's one of those places that is always open and now- Maybe that's why. And honestly, I don't know. I probably wasn't going to go anyways, but now I, I don't think I will. Yeah, don't go. Definitely don't go. Okay, no problem.
1: Um, Sorry, that was so long, but I felt like I had to give every detail. I liked it. And you know what? Thank Restaurants you. these
0: days. Indeed. My worst of the month is something that we're going to keep talking about in this episode because it's also part of the culture, but mm-hmm. um, it's influencers on the internet. Like, I feel like I have just kind of reached a point in this last month where I'm like, I'm actually done. Like, I I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm no longer getting anything like even remotely positive out of Mm -hmm. the influencers. I'm getting a fuck ton of discount codes. I'm trying to be like they're, you know, they're selling every single thing on earth to me. And I just feel like it's become so crazy, 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 like performative and like the expectations around what success looks like in the various mediums, which really just means video means that people are churning out content that just feels so produced. And like it's. It's just like super, super, super not landing for me. And even the influencers that are like, like I have two on here. I'm not going to name names. I don't need to, but there's like a food influencer that Marie and I have talked about. I think off pod mostly like a lot. And I think when she first started out, we I was mentioned like,
1: her on this podcast as like somebody
0: to follow. It was fun. We were, we were early adopters. Yeah. I feel like at first her content felt very, Interesting, and I liked what she was doing with food. And now I'm like, oh, like it's just so fucking gimmicky and stupid. And like she does these absolutely horrible voiceovers that like ruin my day, literally. And like, yeah, don't insane. worry, everyone, I've unfollowed. Like, I don't, I'm not gonna keep, you know, going through that. But but then there's even the influences that are like more micro or more like lifestyle that I'm just like, you are just like shilling. Every single thing on earth. Right. And I mean,
1: it's truly like dancing monkey vibes.
0: It's like so bad to me and right now. And it's so...
1: I mean, honestly, I, I, I don't blame these people, right? Because they're making their living this way. Sure. And a lot of these influencers have like quit their jobs recently and are like devoting themselves to this game. But it is so like... Toxically, like you said, it's so produced, it's so like obsessively viral, it's so need to know, it's so clicky. And I'm just like, like C L I C K Y, not Q U E, but kind of both. And I'm just
0: like, I mean, I guess quite, kind of both. Yeah. And it's just like, it makes me sad
1: more than I know. anything.
0: I think what's interesting, something I've been thinking about a bit, is like that a lot of these folks call themselves creators, which they are, but it's like creating something on the internet is so, has taken on like a whole new thing. It's what you said. It's like the game. It's like you have to play the game in order to be a successful creator. So then at the end of the day, are you creating or are you like a player? You know what I mean?
1: A hundred percent.
0: And I think like something that is,
1: disturbing to me about this is like there is an alternate universe in which you or I could be doing that and I think that it takes the joy I mean you can see it in these people like it takes the joy right out of it the influencers are not okay and they're not well I mean I think that it's like And like, it's especially fascinating to see, like, I think that we are tracking because the algorithm has decided that we want to these people who are creating food content on the internet. And there are like a handful of people that we have that we've been talking about on this podcast that it's like, oh, we've been following them for two years. We've been following them for a year. We've been following them for six months and you can chart their rise to virality and thereby fame by how much they are doing the thing that they have to strong air quotes do. And I'm thinking about like an example of somebody who has not really done that I think is it's Holly. And we've talked Mm -hmm. about her a lot. Like she has sort of like fallen behind the gals that you're seeing now everywhere, like on good morning America on like the big newsletters on like New York times on Epicurious, like everywhere. And I think that it's because it seems like based on her content, like she's not doing it for the clicks and she's not yeah. doing it for the fame. Like, And which I'm like, I, I recognize is like a privilege thing, right? Like if you hate your job and you're getting famous on the Internet, like, of course, you're tempted to quit your job and then you are beholden to whatever makes you money. And I think that there are some people who don't have to do that. Like, I think, I know It's Holly has a full-time job, I think, and she seems to like it. So, like, she's just doing it, like, for the love of the thing. But it's really, like, it's fucked up what it's doing. And it's, it's almost so exclusively women. Yeah. And the only man that I follow who is really, like, influencing on food is Pierce Abernathy, who I could go on and on about. Do you follow him? Yeah. Yeah. I find his trajectory of fame pretty interesting. And annoying. I don't know
0: much about him, I think. Well, all
1: of a sudden he was like on Gucci's Instagram, on oh. like all of these like haute couture Instagrams and like he's like fancy cuz he's like a sort of like soft hot boy foodie. Yep. And like it's different than the women. And I just think it's I mean I just find it really hard to stomach. Like harder and harder to stomach
0: pun I guess intended, but like <laughs> not really. It's becoming, um, like, impossible for me. Also, I mean, the one man that I think I actively follow is Grossi Pelosi. Oh, and of course. I do really enjoy him, like, socially, I guess. But, like, in terms of, like, he's playing the game, too. Like, he's mm-hmm. turning out he so much video, oh, so much SpawnCon. And I'm just kind of like, oh, like, I just, this isn't what I want from you. and. Right. It
1: doesn't, for whatever reason, it doesn't bother me as much with him. And, like, maybe that's because I feel like his brand is so consistent. Yeah. Um, Like, it's always, like, Italian grandma vibes. Mm -hmm. Um, But maybe that's a little bit of, like, internalized misogyny in me, that I'm, like, more annoyed with the women than I am with him.
0: I honestly think I'm just done. I went to brunch last week with Erica, and we were just kind of talking about some of our, year-end reflections and like what, you know, whatever, what we want to do next year or or et cetera. Mm -hmm. And I think that I am ready to break up with Instagram. Like, I just don't care about it. And I've never really been somebody that gets, like, I don't post a lot. I I haven't posted on Instagram, like a feed post in, I want to say like three plus years. (laughs) And my stories are getting like for just farther and farther and
1: farther, between. I'm just kind of
0: like I don't care about putting this into this platform. I think it's kind of over for me. I just don't care. I think it might be over for everyone yeah so. we'll get we'll talk about that more um yes,
1: we will.
0: let's move on to something a little more fun. Can you yeah. recommend something to me for my spare time and everybody I listening? Can. And oh, this, is a, this is a
1: per- person that I have recently discovered on Instagram. So this, she's maybe the antidote. LOL. To the She's a newbie to me. I don't know if she's a newbie to everyone, but I think like she's doing what I want, which is just seems to be making food that she wants to make. And that I really like, and that is cafe Haley.
0: Do you follow her? No, I'm looking her up now while I still have Instagram.
1: She was served to me, I think, um, on Instagram, which I guess, like, good job. Her name is Haley Catalano. She's just making food on IG. And I like her. Like, it's not try hardy, it's just food. She does, like, regular voiceovers talking about, like, what she's putting in the food, which I think is nice. Welcome. And I like a lot of what she makes. Like, I made, um, she made this like pastina and broccoli, like comfort food, like creamy dish the other day. And I was like, I absolutely need that. I need it yesterday. It was really good. Um, I just dig her vibe. And I think I love. That it's nice to see. And like, maybe that's just because she's new to me. Maybe I would be annoyed with her if I'd been following her for years, but <laughs> she's a good follow. So Great. I'll follow her for the next couple of days. If you're committed to staying on Instagram, you should follow Cafe Haley.
0: I do think it's interesting how we've like completely changed our, like the ways in which we get information. Like the fact that so many of us are like, oh, I saw this on Instagram and then I made it. I think for me, part of it too, is that like, I do love a cookbook. I love yes. the New York times cooking. And I do like, I have all of the food magazines and I look at them every month. So I feel like to me, I'm like, There is more inspiration by way of Instagram, but like, I still feel like I have other avenues that I personally like will continue to seek.
1: I mean, I look at Instagram for hours every day and I cook not out of nothing more than I cook out of the New York times cooking. And that's not from Instagram. It's just because the interface is really good. And there's a lot of really good volume of recipes from people that I think are actually like good at making them talented recipe creators and
0: you know it's not a classic for no reason should we talk about bon appetit slash epicurious trying to get into the app game basically if you don't know like they just said that they're they have an app that will have their entire like repertoire too late imo yeah and i'm like well i don't know like the new york times is there they've already got the number one spot Right, like if they had put out this app
1: before everything went down the tubes, sure, maybe it would be different. But I don't. Think they did so. and it's a total rip off of the New York Times app. It's completely. Exactly it completely looks the, the same. same. In your face, mm-hmm. it's yeah, crazy.
0: It feels I'm, like they like got like, like, their this engineers. <laughs> I know it's it's wild. Anyways, we're obviously a New York Times cooking fam over here. Um, no, like shade to Bone Appetit, has, like, but like, or, um. I think
1: maybe you cut out for a second. But- yeah, sorry.
0: I think at the-, the internet went out if you want to make it's a okay. note of the time.
1: I don't let you know. it's on camera. okay <laughs> does elisa know that you're trying to get serial killed uh no i didn't tell her um elisa while what? you while we were talking hannah texted me being like you left her keys in the
0: door <gasps> again a
1: week. did you hear that
0: yeah in a week you did that yeah, twice it's bad. it's bad of me it's bad of me i'm wow. scared of that
1: it's cute i think it's really cute
0: I like put that stripe. Mom,
1: um, put on a what shirt are you gonna wear? Uh, okay, okay, we'll deal with this when you're done.
0: Okay. <laughs> Does she
1: have a big event tomorrow? We're both going to the vice president's uh, <gasps> Christmas party.
0: Cute. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what I'm wearing. <laughs> you have plenty of fun stuff. Yeah, it's gonna be fine. Um, um, did Doug invite her after you know they Doug became best friends? He invited her after they became best friends. I love it. Hilarious. Okay, we were talking about
1: um, Epicurious app. Yes, you go ahead. Um, okay, so what I was saying, the one thing I like about it that I think that the New York Times cooking should steal because Epicurious stole everything else from their application is if you scroll down in Epicurious, they have a little tab that's called In Season and. They have four vegetables that are in season. And I, and you can I did really the, like that The
0: recipes. And I think that's really smart. I think it's really smart too for, you know, our CSA people, our farmers market people, or people that just want to be eating seasonally. That's
1: right. Obviously, I, I wonder like if they put different stuff there, depending on where you are located in the world slash nation. I'm sure but, they don't. I'm sure they don't, but it's but a it's, great, it's a good concept. Yeah. I Like,
0: <laughs> theoretically yeah um my recommendation for you i have two um the first is black panther wakanda forever Oh, I've was it. phenomenal at the end i was sitting there sobbing and um like between tears i turned to eric and i said that's one of the best movies i've ever seen <laughs> ever seen oh my god did she think it was the best movie she's ever seen um, I think she really liked it. I think technically Black Panther one is better, but Black okay. Panther, like, is one of the best movies of all time. I so think good. it was really good. I loved it. Um, I think the thing about Black Panther Wakanda Forever is it really, the message was much bigger. Like, it was bigger than a Marvel movie. It was bigger than an action movie. And I think the way that they handled grief and just kind of like, everything all the cards that were dealt their way was really Mm. phenomenal and impactful and it's just it was really moving and i think black panther one was really super impactful for like black communities and folks that really saw themselves represented through like the world of wakanda and in black panther two they kind of expanded the lens to encompass more people of color and kind of like more groups of people. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just thought it was, I don't know. I I felt like it was kind of like for me, the experience of thinking about the people who will feel represented by this movie, both for people that have are experiencing or have experienced grief in Mm -hmm. certain ways and like will find comfort in it and other like, People of color, people of communities that um, were kind of, I don't want to give anything away. But basically, I just thought it was like really moving and really well done. And I really, really loved it. And I can't wait to see it again. So I would really highly recommend it to all of you. Also, if you, like me, listened to the new music from Rihanna and said, "Eh." I think seeing the movie and hearing it like this score of Black Panther one and two is Unbelievable! Like I feel like the mm. music is such a big part of the experience, um, but the Rihanna song at the end just will make you fall to your knees. Wow! I so need good. to go watch it. I think seeing it in the theater while well, you can is probably a really great way to experience it for the first time. It was okay, so great. beautiful. Thank you. Um, but you will cry.
1: And my cry. second
0: recommendation is another thing that will make you cry i cried so hard i got a headache (laughs) um it is we all want impossible things by katherine newman this is one of my favorite books that i've read this year it is super super good it is a fictional story that's deeply rooted in real experiences um it's about two friends who have been best friends for over 40 years like they met when they were baby babies and one of them is dying of ovarian cancer and it's basically about like their final months together while the one dying of cancer is in hospice and oh. the thing about the book is that it is so fun and funny and like lighthearted, and the tone is like it's like one of my favorite voices that I feel like I've read in a really long time. Like it was so memorable, Um, but Mm. obviously like the content is so, so fucking intense and heavy, but it was just like really, it'll like break your heart, but also make it feels like a hug. It was so good. I loved it so much. It's a heavy read kind of like, I, I mean, it is of course, but it was like, it also just felt really, I don't know. It kind of made me smile in a weird way. Oh so my God. Okay. I'm checking it out right now. I feel like if you have like complicated feelings about the holidays or just like generally feel emotional this time of year, like this could be a good read at this time. Um, wow. And don't let like the concept of it scare you away because it, mm-hmm. it really was so well done. And it, it truly just felt like you were talking to a friend that happens to be like so funny um it was really 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 good so wow, fun. i couldn't I not recommend it. it i can't wait i can't wait to hear your thoughts um you finally read tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow i did I a loved book it. extremely popular right now i
1: really really loved it i thought it was so excellent i've been thinking about it a lot
0: i love it and so it's a much. book that i like
1: it's about something that i never would have <coughs> bless you excuse me a book about like it's about programming and video games which is something that I am not personally interested in so when I read the blurb I was like "Mm." but I loved it it was awesome
0: yeah and I think most people that read it feel that way it honestly made me feel like I understood Erica more because she's very Mm -hmm. into video games and she plays a lot of video games and has like a lot of community around games with the people in her life and I feel like it really made me see sides of that that i hadn't really well, understood before i'm gonna cry yeah all right culture time okay
1: so just to like run through some quick stuff last month we talked about midnights sure did. this month famously the taylor swift arrows tour went
0: on sale yeah it did on the website ticketmaster.com honestly one of the only websites where you one can get of tickets
1: fame you know
0: part of the problem some might,
1: some might call it a monopoly yeah Some Some might. might. Um, and if you were paying attention, I think everyone who listens to this podcast probably tried to get tickets. If you didn't, lucky you. Um, it was a shit show.
0: Yeah, I mean Ticketmaster, they didn't really think about who they would be dealing with when they, you know, entered into the the presale for the arenas tour and era's tour. Sorry, era's tour in arenas. Era's tour in arenas and. What's happening now is that the Swifties, I don't know exactly (laughs) what Swifties, but the Swifties have so many tens of thousands of tens of thousands of Swifties are suing Ticketmaster. That's a real lawsuit that has entered the courts, if you will.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's like totally legitimate because Ticketmaster acquired, if you did not read up on this following Ticketmaster gate, Gate, whatever you want to call it. Recently, in the past couple of years, there were pr- there were pretty much only two uh, two key players: Ticketmaster and Live Nation. Mm-hmm. Ticketmaster acquired Live Nation, thus creating what many will call monopoly, which is famously not allowed, illegal. Yeah. So I'm really curious to see what will happen.
0: I genuinely can't even begin to imagine what will happen. Like, what is the desired outcome? Here. Break it up. Break them up, I think. Like make force them to then be separate again.
1: Yeah. I think probably force them to be separate in like more ways than two. And I don't really know what that will look like, but hopefully giving more autonomy to artists. Because obviously, like Taylor Swift is like sort of getting screwed, but also is totally fine because she's very, very rich and she always will be. But like independent artists get fucked by ticket Ticketmaster ticket master all the time. Yeah. It's not cool. So, no, it's not cool. I simply cannot wait to see what will become of them. They deserve nothing but the worst.
0: Well, I guess we'll stay posted. Um speaking of music, Spotify Wrapped was released. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Spotify Wrapped as a concept? Um and how do you feel about your results?
1: I myself love Spotify Wrapped. Me too. Um I think it's so fun. Anybody who posts Stop sharing your Spotify wrapped. Don't listen to them. I want to know about your Spotify wrapped.
0: I want to w- know. I'm so curious about everyone. What songs
1: did you listen to obsessively? Who's your favorite artist? Are you as mentally ill as I am? Are you gay and you don't know it? These are the things that I will read into on your Spotify wrapped. Um, so I hope it never goes away. I love it so much.
0: <laughs> They've really done an amazing job of like marketing the fact that they have all of your data as a really fun thing. Um, and then
1: making us all give them free advertising.
0: Yeah, I think they really are like that. Whoever invented Spotify wrapped is definitely a marketing genius and They're they a genius. they deserve a kudos. Um, where'd you land, Marie, this year? Do you want to know my top songs or my top artists? I think I want to know both. I think that's what the
1: people uh, want to know. Okay. My top five songs were Anything But Me by Muna. So good. Silk Chiffon by Muna. Shocked that that wasn't number one, actually. Becky's so hot by Fletcher. It's like honestly embarrassing how gay this is. This is a cry for help. One Too Many by Fletcher, which is an absolute D side. Um, And Sleep Type by Holly Humberstone.
0: Wow. Dark. There's definitely something to
1: be. More upbeat than any of my Spotify raps have ever been in my life.
0: I know. It's giving
1: gay and happy. That's so true. Um, and my top artists were Taylor Swift, Muna
0: Fletcher, Phoebe Bridgers, and Maren Morris. Really interesting. The Maren Morris is a bit of a surprise, but her she's new a, album, Humble Quest, is so good. Humble Quest rocked me. I listened so to good. it over and over and it shows. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to talk about the best album of the year, um, next month.
1: What was yours? It's well, I have about. to
0: have it. Well, how many mi- minutes listened did you have? 28,376 that feels really low for you
1: it's really low for me and I will tell you why Hannah my Spotify wrapped minutes listened count dropped by 50% last year and it's because of (laughs) Hannah
0: (laughs) I remember that now
1: yeah so she listened to like 58,000 minutes of Spotify and it's because she's the one who is often DJ was her number one Taylor same music yes
0: Fabulous. Um, my Spotify wrapped is not accurate because I spent a lot of my year listening to CDs because mm-hmm. you guys know we've talked about it here. I would say if my CDs were included, Brandy Carlisle would be higher on the list. Mm-hmm. Taylor Swift would be on the list still very much so. Um Erica loves Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. Um, and the band Joseph, honestly, would be oh, making an yes. appearance because I've listened to their album. It's got to be at least 80 times, I think, so good. since it's I saw so, them so this year. Good. Um, my top them. artist was Taylor Swift. That's right. She's a chip hold on us all. But you know what? Have you seen the conspiracies of like, because Taylor Swift like had her music off Spotify and now she's back that Spotify is like Pushing doing it. like a lot of extra stuff for her. And like, mm, interesting, so interesting. I'm like TBD on that. Um, I'm not, number 2 I'm
1: not close to that argument.
0: Yeah, I I feel like there's something there. Um, number two, Maren Morris. Number three, Muna. Number four, Brandy Carlisle. Number five, Holly Humberstone. All my girls.
1: We're 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 in sync, girl. Yeah, for
0: sure. Top songs: "All My Ghosts," Lizzie McAlpine. In February of 2022, I listened to this probably 200 times in a row. It was something was wrong, but that's you that know makes sense. Say, to me. That
1: is a cry for all.
0: It was. Um, number two circles around this town, Marin Morris. A banger. This is actually interesting. I don't know if you've ever heard this song, uh, Marie. She's like twenty, but um, she's All I Wanna Be by Tate McRae. Number three. Oh yeah, I love Tate McRae. You me too. This song is so fun, but like number three. Number three is high. <laughs> um, number four, daylight, Harry Styles. Banger. I love that song. And number five, Friendly Fire, Holly Humberstone. Love Friendly Fire. That's my fave. So- I will say um, Hannah had
1: a song on her top five that was a song that she's never selected, but Spotify serves constantly.
0: So that maybe yeah. is what
1: happened with Tate McRae. They were like, oh, you like this? We're going to give it to you every
0: day. No, no, no. I listen to the Tate McRae song a lot. I mm-hmm. it's It makes sense to me. I'm just a little surprised. I understand. I it. feel that there's other songs I perhaps listen to more, but maybe not. Maybe not. I'm yeah, I love the Spotify Wrapped. I'm curious to see what will happen next year. Um, but my CD journey continues. I just bought a new CD yesterday, so like okay. I'm not slowing down. I bought Harry's House. Oh, I love it. Cuz here's um, the thing. It sounds completely different. And even yesterday I was listening to music in a sushi restaurant in my CD player, and I was like, "Okay, I'm I'm literally hearing instruments that I've never heard on this song before." And something about that is not right to me. Yeah, something about that is absolutely not right at all. What were you gonna say? What was your number one podcast of twenty twenty two? I don't know. I don't think I like looked at the Spotify oh. podcasts. Okay, we'll talk about it in December. Okay, great. Um, the last thing is kind of the big one. We've been hinting at it all Marie, episode and last month too with our like breakup with your tech. Um, so true. By the way, did you get your razor?
1: I got my razor. Um, it's beautiful. I'm obsessed with it. I bought all the things I need. I put my SIM card in it. It didn't work. So I think that I have to go to the Verizon store. (laughs) They're going to be
0: like, what are you doing? They're
1: going to be like, this girl needs to be medicated. And I'll say jokes on you. I already am. Um, But I think perhaps my razor phone is not unlocked, Mm. which it said that it was going to be unlocked. And I can't imagine that it's impossible to unlock because that phone has been um, released for like 20 years. Um, so I just have to go to the phone
0: store, which is my least favorite place to go, but I'm committed. I love that 2023. Yep. It's happening. Um, Marie read an article this week that she sent over to me. It is called Instagram is over. That's right. And we just talked about it briefly. I would love to dive a little deeper. Um, it was published by the Atlantic by Kate Lindsay. The tagline is the app's original purpose has been lost in the era of performance media. Um, there's also a kind of a buddy article to this that I'm linking in the show notes. The age of social media is ending, Mm -hmm. um, which was also on the Atlantic by Ian Bogost and his, um, tagline is it never should have begun. So Mary, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. I think I made mine pretty clear.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think we've been talking about this as far as like Instagram specifically and the way that it's affecting our <laughs> personal lives. And I think probably also like in the way that things that we enjoyed like three months ago are no longer enjoyable. Um, I just kind of feel like, and we talk about this a lot in the digital wellness space and like in the space of of like youth programming, which is where I work. But I think like we get and it, happens all the time throughout history, but like this, the pendulum really swings totally opposite in the space of like three generations. Yeah. And so I think that we're really seeing in addition to the fact that these apps are becoming more and more exploitative and like crumbling under their own, structures of power and their own like cults of personality. Like we're seeing with like Mark Zuckerberg and now Elon Musk and like all these motherfuckers who are just trying to control the world under the guise of making everyone have better power and a bigger platform. Um, On top of that, I think we're seeing like now we're entering a generation of young people who are not they're all really interested in technology, obviously, but they're interested in in very, very different ways than we were when we were their age. And I think even then, like we are now as millennials. And I think that like some of what we're seeing as far as like the social conservatism of younger Gen Z members, like they're not drinking as much. They're not having as much sex. They don't like tattoos. Like they're more straight laced. And I think that a lot of that is going to contribute to the decrease in like connectedness, as far as like conventional social media connection has gone in the past decade, um, and I think that, that means Instagram is fucking kaput. Like Snapchat and TikTok are probably still good to go, but like Instagram is chuggy. It's so performative. Like it's exactly what we were talking. This article is hitting exactly what we were talking about on this podcast episode, which I think is like really. Like it's really obvious in the food space that it's like the thing that the thing that was once really fun and really accessible and like making make making anybody have the capacity to like share their recipes and anybody have the capacity to like find new fun things to cook for free is now like just peddling products and making everyone sad, which is a real shame, but not that surprising, unfortunately.
0: I know. Instagram really is like so lame right now, but um, it's so
1: lame. I'm like, <laughs> God, I'm so
0: choogy for scrolling on Instagram. It's interesting because Instagram became a thing. I feel like in like 2012, 2013 mm-hmm. is kind of when my I'm very pretty-
1: first Instagram post was at a party in Rubenstein Hall in 2012. And it's Alex yeah. and Maggie playing beer pong.
0: Yeah. And that's when we were in college. And so it's so weird for me to think about that because I'm like, that's not that long ago, like in the grand scheme. And I think for somebody, I don't know if you feel this way, but I'm like, I have lived a lot of my most formative time without social connection, without like social media, but also like, I don't feel like I had like a really strong relationship with my phone. Like I feel like, so much of like my life was in person. And now like the thing that I value more than anything is like community and connection in person. Like today, this is like unrelated, but related, like during, um, like I had an hour break and I walked down to the bookstore, solid state books. We love them shout out because I needed to buy cards because I'm writing handwritten cards for my team for our like holiday dinner. And, It was just, and it's like, that's part of it where it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, a handwritten, like in-person analog connection. But also it's like, I walk into the bookstore, there's Scott, my friend who owns the bookstore. He's watching the world cup game. He's like wearing a Jersey. All these people are coming in and like talking about it. They're getting excited. Like the game is ending. All this stuff is happening. And I left being like, I was so fulfilled by that, like, 30 minutes that I spent in that store Mm. with somebody that I know. And then a bunch of people that I don't know that all connected about our shared passion for 10 different things in this place. And like, I never feel like that on the internet ever. Yeah,
1: totally. And I know that there are a lot of people who do legitimately have community on the internet and like, I'm not really one of them, even though Mm. I'm like a big internet user and I do connect with people and share things with people that I talk to all the time. But I think that if I was stripped of in-person connection and only had the internet, I would be fucked up, which I think we saw like during COVID, like it didn't work for me at all.
0: Yeah. No, I'm so curious. Um, This article basically said that Instagram is going to become Facebook where it's like, essentially Mm -hmm. people feel like, Oh, I have to like, maybe, keep my account and like check in every once in a while something
1: so like the people on instagram know like it's gonna be like gen z is gonna feel to instagram like the way we feel about facebook where it's like oh we have to like go in like post something so all of our like old teachers and like ants know what we're doing (laughs) but like we're the old teachers and ants which is cringe to me and like makes me feel bad which i think that is an existential crisis but part of it is that instagram is just like
0: passe as fuck yeah, I think it's done. I think I'm literally gonna delete it. Like, <gasps>
1: I'm so excited for you.
0: I just am I'm like, what's? What, what am I getting from it? Um, if you stay though, send me any like good recipes. That yeah, you I'll see. probably
1: stay for a little while, but you know, who
0: knows how I'll feel after my razor is activated. That's true. Then it's deep. over. All right. Well, that's a lot of you know deep thinking deep, this deep. this November episode. Um, what's what's coming ahead for you in December? December. Um. Oh, I, I still haven't played that song—not even once. Oh my God! Well, December by
1: Sarah Bareilles, for those who don't—a know. banger. I, if you couldn't hear from my gorgeous, gorgeous voice, um, at ten eighteen on a Tuesday evening, I have a playlist called "If We Make It Through December," where all of the like sad Christmas adjacent slash winter slash December songs are housed. And so I've been listening to December a lot. It is mm. a vibe. Um, my December looks like finishing my reading goal, which I'm feeling really excited about. I know that you're like 45 books beyond your reading goal,
0: but what, I, how many are you, um, away from yours? At 10.
1: I'll be fine. Ugh, I'm
0: at 90. It's coming.
1: Yeah. I'm excited. Um, I will be playing paddle sports. I've been playing a little bit of pickleball. And I'm going home to my parents' house for the Christmas holiday. And they have paddle tennis, which is kind of like in between pickleball and regular tennis on a raised court. It's heated so that it's not icy. Um, So I think we'll be playing a little paddle, which is fun. Um, And I'm bringing my girlfriend Hannah home for a holiday for the very first time. It's um, gonna be really so exciting! Fun. Yeah, I can't wait. We spent Thanksgiving together, which I didn't mention um, at her family's place, and she's gonna come to my parents for Christmas. So I'm feeling really excited about it, and I'm excited to see my brother. And like my my mom, my parents' house is just like so cute at Christmas time. Um, and I love to be there, so it'll be really nice. Yay! I'm looking forward.
0: I'm excited for you. There's something really nice about not having to like miss your person during the holidays. Yes,
1: indeed. What about you? What's That's December going to be cozy. looking like?
0: Um, I'm excited. I mean, I practically December is looking really busy, which is annoying to me, but things that I'm like trying to create some more space for are reading. I feel mm-hmm. like there's I have so many books to read. Um, Crazy. I've been getting like a lot of um, arcs from solid state. So I'm like, I want to read them. Um, I got a sweater knitting kit for my birthday in July. And the truth about it is that it comes with literally no instructions. Like it's like, do this thing. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't know what knit. means. means. (laughs) So I really need to like get educated and start knitting because that sweater is not going to knit itself. This you know, is
1: one of your goals. It's my
0: one do. goal. It's my one birthday goal for the year. Yeah. You. So I have about six months, seven. You got it. You got I gotta it. You got to it. do it. Now um, this is the season for knitting. Exactly. I'm ready to like hunger down. Um, I'm looking forward to walks. I love a winter brisk walk. We I love really love it. Walk. We love it. I'm looking forward to um I just feel like I haven't like after I had COVID, I just like didn't really like I felt like I didn't want to exercise for a while because mm. I was like, I don't want to push it. Now I feel like it's time for me to like really get back into a routine. Mm. I did the LOL Cody class yesterday with Bo and Yang and Matt Rogers and Oh my god, fun. It was really funny and fun, but the I didn't know that LOL Cody is like there's no instruction. Like you just like basically ride at the same resistance and cadence the whole time. And I was like, this is not, you're like, this is an exercise cruising. Um, and I'm going to make a million cookies in December, which I'm so excited about. I can't wait to make cookie boxes for my friends. And, um, we're going up to Boston pre Christmas to see Erica's family. And I make them a box every year. So I'm excited about that it's so cute. Fun. They talk about it like all year. So it makes me cute. feel really happy. But then I'm also like, I really have to deliver. So you have to like outdo yourself every year. But you know what? I just made a test cookie of the white chocolate macadamia cookies from New York times, which is like kind of shocking to me that that even spoke to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I watched the video shout out to them. Like the videos, every single yeah, video, it, like, video, i watch, I want to make it big time. Um, you brown the butter and then you add milk powder to it. So it's like a super like nutty Nutty. brown butter cookie. Mm -hmm. And then if you use a nice, like a high quality white chocolate, it'll caramelize. So it doesn't actually taste like white chocolate. So I'm giving it a whirl. Erica tried one even before they like went through their chill time. And she said it was one of the best cookies I've ever made. So, wow, I can't wait to try one. Yeah, so I'm just going to be like baking up a storm, which is honestly when I'm at my best. Yeah, so, I love
1: it. I love it so much.
0: Well, I can't wait for our end of year episode. I it. Love... it's going to be fun. I have to really think, 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 think. I know, it's kind of hard. Um, I said Year of bueno was Bueno going to be my favorite book of the year, but I don't think it is. And oh my that's, God. Uh, that's just a truth that I have to be honest about. We're honest, we're truthful. I can't so we'll get there list. next month. Um, wow. But
1: until then... Thank you for spending your spare time
0: with us. Oh, yeah.